Welcome to Occasionally Awesome. I'm Nick Youssef. I'm Kevin Christie. Sound effects. Yes. <laughs> the Brody sound effect. You got it. Yes. Um, it's so addictive. It's the perfect voice. It's the perfect voice. The perfect cadence. Perfect voice. Perfect attitude. I use it all the time. I can't stop using in it. In person. Yep. Even with people that don't know who Brody is, all which is time. slowly changing. I'll be at the bank. Uh, yeah. Checking, <laughs> put it in, gaining interest, no receipt. I'm confident with my balance. Check it online. <laughs> yeah. Have the app on my phone. <laughs> yeah. So the reason we're obviously doing Brody impressions is because our guest today. We were honored to get Brody Stevens, our friend, a great, one of the funniest people in the fucking world, mm-hmm. star of Enjoy It on Comedy Central. The great Brody Stevens. And Joe Wagner. And Joe Wagner. We have, uh, who's a, a very funny comedian, yep. slash writer, slash producer on Enjoy It. On Brody's show. So we thought it would be uh, a really interesting episode. Because, you know, we could have just had Brody on as a guest yep. and, you know, like messed around and stuff. But uh, when we recorded this, he was in the middle of uh, taping Enjoy It. Yeah, they finishing about, it up. Yeah, two, three episodes away. Um so we thought, hey, why not have Brody and Joe come down yeah. and like talk to us about the making of a TV show? Like, because this is not a normal show. No, it's like Comedy Central bills it as their first drama. Comedy Central's first drama, and it yeah. is. And this episode is a, a bit of a comedy and a drama. Absolutely. We um we we get into uh, a little bit with Brody up top about he was on the Oddball Fest. So there's a little bit of that in the beginning. And then we get into um, what it was like, you know, writing and creating and shooting the show. And yeah. There, we're we're going to tell you right now. This is a very long episode. Two parter. We're splitting this yeah. into two because we went about two full hours. Yeah. And right now you're thinking, uh, Nick, Kevin, your episodes are already a goddamn hour <laughs> and a half long. <laughs> yeah. This one is, I think, about two hours. Yeah, so we're, we're going to split it in two. One this week, this Tuesday, and part two next Tuesday in a week. Yeah. So there's a lot of like, there's a lot of intense moments. Brody, is, he's a very passionate, you know, person. Yeah. And this show is about his actual life. Yeah, so you get to kind of get an inclination of what it feels like to give your entire life over to other people and have them make a show about you that you have control over and there's certain elements you don't have control over and you know you get to hear from Brody what that feels like and it's mm-hmm. fucking fascinating and you get to hear Joe's side too where yep. he's he's a there him and Brody are personal real life friends you know yeah. and uh and you know the balance between like you know working with your friend and then creating you know and and producing a show and yep. making it like the best possible show it can be so the majority of the episode is that and there's a lot of like there's a lot of really intense but like interesting moments in it. It was a really, really cool episode yeah. to do. Um, so it's long enough already, so we're going to keep this intro short. Uh, you know, hopefully at this point, where to find Occasionally Awesome. It's on uh, iTunes. Our home is at All Things Comedy, Please the greatest go there. podcast network in the world. Yep. Uh, so go you know, listen to us on there and listen to all, you know, all the other great podcasts they have there. Um, you're going to be anywhere... I don't know. This month, you don't know? I don't okay. about it. I got uh, the La Jolla Comedy Store, uh, end of December 27th, 28th. Uh, then New Year's Eve in Tempe at the Tempe Improv at 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. Uh, so if you live in one of those two cities, get out there. Um, and with that said, enjoy part one. Yes! <laughs> So you're comfortable without a mic stand? Yeah. I am comfortable without a mic stand. But you recommend we have one? I would say invest in two mic stands. Two mic stands. Yeah. When you but you, when you do stand up, you don't leave the mic on the stand. No, not you generally. move you move way too much. I move a lot. So, I mean, occasionally I'll uh leave it in there, but yeah, for the most part, yes, 99% of the time when I'm doing stand up, I like holding the mic and walking around. But right. podcasting I think uh, when it's, yeah. I you can, want both hands. I'm going to jump in here because I've seen you podcast. I've done your podcast, Festival of Friendship. And I see that when you, when you go into full conversational podcast Brody talking mode, you, you like to use both hands to gesture, to make a point. To gesticulate. Yeah, it's ho- it's, I am willing to hold your mic. No, you don't have to do that. <laughs> you don't have to do that. Okay. But I'll just, uh, 
it's different for me in podcast form. Right. You know, I'm used to... I don't want to inhibit your creativity. All right. Well, I'm going to work around it. Okay. This, this is a good core workout. It's adaptable. You have to get, yeah. No, I'll just be... We yeah. forgot, oh, guys. Core, I'll core, be posture. Because that—that's what I do. Right. I've never seen you be unprofessional in my life. Uh, uh, what's so f- what? I got a little laugh out of oh, Joe here. Yeah, got a big laugh out of that one. <laughs> uh, I would say that in Los Angeles, since 2000, I've been unprofessional. I would say less than ten times, and I'm being—I'm—I maybe even probably less than. Eight times, but yeah. I'll say less than ten times, and that includes, you know, maybe wearing the wrong shirt. Uh, Wait, that counts as unpro- like well, yeah, wearing I, a t-shirt I, to a, a formal party, like that kind of thing, or no? Well, no, I think wearing at, when I was at Best Damn Sports Show, I wore a shirt that had like a, a controversial message, but I, I didn't realize it. I was right. just like not yeah. thinking, and that's part of not being professional. So did it say "fuck Best Damn Sports Show"? <laughs> no, it, it just NBC like, rules. <laughs> it was just it wasn't an appropriate shirt. It was like some hip hop slogan thing. Right, I just wasn't thinking about Probably it. The B word. Uh, something was in there, yeah, and then. Um, Maybe a couple times, you know, at Chelsea lately, unprofessional, if you want to look at it that way. And right. then, so, I mean, I wouldn't say at comedy clubs. And if you say wearing shorts at a, on stage, but I'm not going to count that. So. I don't think that counts because you're known as athletic. It's there different. you go. That's you have, you, you, there's an athletic spin to your comedy people know that you're an athlete so shorts don't the 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 rule of no shorts i don't think applies yeah. to you well that was my that was my thing when i was working at best damn sports show i said it's a sports show yeah. i can wear shorts so yeah. i kind of had to fight it a little bit at first but then they just let it go because i guess it made sense but i work but when i worked at chelsea doing all just talking about audience warm-up i always wore pants and never never wore shorts there but Certain shows. Nighttime. Now. It's a nighttime show. It's a nighttime show, exactly. Yeah, yeah I mean, in your stand up, you, you literally do like baseball pitching. Yeah. It would be weird if you were wearing slacks. Yeah, you wouldn't like I mean? it. Or like a suit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, good point. Um, I've thought about wearing a suit. I mean, I have here and there, but. Yeah, I'll go. I'll wear shorts on stage. I feel like maybe it's a little bit of an extra challenge because it is mm. different. So, what did you wear during the Oddball tour consistently? I well, there there's a an example of me wearing shorts, right? A hat and sunglasses, and that that was due to uh, us being outside, outdoor. Yeah, we had, did outdoor comedy, so it kind of gave me an excuse. Those crowds were humongous. Like yeah, a, they were big. Yeah, it was big, like a rock festival. What did you find? Because I, I saw, I would look at the pictures online of everyone I knew who was on, you know, on Twitter or whatever, and I found myself going, "That is a huge ass crowd," and wondering, like, I wonder how it's dip. How did you find it different performing in front of that many people? The challenge is like, did you have to change what you do a little to in reference to how many, how big the crowd was? I mean. Me personally, I, I didn't get a whole lot of time on the main stage. Right. Uh, I would go up there. I'd give Jeff Ross an intro, but I would literally do, you know, just a couple minutes. But the side stage, for example, and we got big crowds there, yeah. too. We started things off. And, the, and these were comedy fans. Yeah. Gates always opened at 5, and, you know, Friday through Sunday – they, they would be out there tail, tailgating at four or whatever. Wow. They're out there. So yeah. at five o'clock, you know, they're coming in. And right. the, so I, I cranked my iPod. I would pick out my songs. And then I would start at 5.15. What's your hype song? Oh, just change her. I mean, I would just, my whole thing was just creating energy, just okay. letting them like, oh, yeah. something's going on. And then I would be on the mic and go, you know, comedy going on very soon. Yes. Just walking around with the cordless mic or behind the scene just to kind of generate a little buzz and people start looking around. It's like Lollapalooza. So you had to yeah. kind of, and then uh, I would do, you know, warm up essentially and get people in and then walk in the crowd, interview people, tell, come on in and then. Do 15 minutes and then bring up the first comedian, and you know, they would do okay, and then it would be we'd be rocking and rolling. And yeah, uh, you know, every comedian, I would say for the most part, in every city, we did about 15, 16 cities, they were nervous. They, they, they felt as though it was going to be a hell gig outside, you know, uh, sunlight. Yeah, it's the worst environment for comedy. Yeah, normally you'd be like, oh God, I'm doomed. Yeah, even just during the day. Yeah, right. That yeah. tour was. 
kind of no, we've haven't seen anything like that tour. It's pretty big. Let's drop some numbers because you've mentioned some to me before already. Like, what was the largest crowd? Uh, probably twenty thousand, maybe. Wow, that's a lot in of people, dude. Chicago or wow, some other places. That's my yeah. guess. And then some fifteen thousand. Mostly, I would say mostly fourteen, fifteen. Did you, 000. Joe? Did you go to any of them? No, I mean, I knew, I knew some of what was happening on the tour through Brody, through a friend of Brody's that went along. Um, you know, and we, we, because we were waiting for Brody to come back, mm-hmm. um, uh, on the show that we were working on, and. Uh, it just sounded amazing, and I would see the pictures that Brody would post. You know, I mean, it's just like a throng. It's like when it's like a rock show. Yeah, you I mean, know, that's what it is. It's that rock show level. You know? that's I mean, amazing. essentially, you would have. Say, I mean, have we seen anything? Like, I don't think there's been anything like that that I can think of. It seemed to be a new thing because I remember looking at it and be like, I don't know how well, this is going to do. There's a little thing called Kings of Comedy, my friend. That to be fair, uh, all yeah, indoors I, though, all I'm indoors. Between, oh, that's true. Not, yeah, yeah. Like a real festival. Well. I mean, like a real... And you only tour. had four comics. You had four guys on it. That's the thing. The, the thing about the Oddball Tour is it was a long show. Like, it seemed... How long were the shows? Hour. Like, they went on for a while. Gates, like I said, five. Yeah. So from 5.15 to 11, there was comedy. That's a long time. That is so much comedy. That's a but, lot But, I mean, there were intermissions where they're like food stands. Oh, uh, yeah. There's it was food set up like I a mean, music th- festival. Yeah, I okay. would call it... You know, Lollapalooza. It's just you know your amphitheaters. They're in every big city, yeah. so you'll you'd go see, you know, Jimmy Buffett one night, and then the next night is the Oddball Tour, and the night after that is yeah. Rascal Flats, and then Avenge Sevenfold, and it's you're yeah. you're in that Seven Mary Rock three. and Roll. <laughs> well, yeah, whoever you know, like these these big bands, you know, that've been there in the past, and mm-hmm. you know, it's like got nice dressing rooms and there's catering and you get to see like a whole what kind of snacks you're working with oh i mean raisin i mean that's the thing they would bring in nice spreads for you each each comedian yeah would have their own oh you had a writer food. did you have a writer yeah you... but i just had a water just water and, yeah and you didn't get weird them. like red m&m's is only. that your first like, writer oh. did you feel i would feel a little embarrassed about asking for a lot of stuff my first one i'd be like oh water it's water that's for a lot of stuff I, I didn't. I'm not into that. I didn't even realize. I just knew there'd be food there. I, I just need water or Red Bull or. Right I mean, now, you could have fi- 15 pairs I, of Nikes if you wanted to. You have so many brands that you could go with. You could have filled up that right. It could have been Five Hour Energy. I want a fresh pack of Under Armour underwear. Yeah. yeah. Like you could have done Red Eddie greens, Griffin fiber. gets Eddie Griffin gets a new <laughs> pair of Air Force Ones. Every when show? He, every, no, for he used to get one for every show. Now apparently they've pared it down to just one pair for the weekend. Which is an outrage. Yeah, if you think about it, they're 50 bucks. Air Force Ones aren't that expensive. Yeah, you get a Foot Locker. But yeah, I guess he, would, he wanted a new pair of Air Force Ones for every show. Now I think they gave him like one pair. Yeah, I, I didn't go nuts with the rioter. I just, you know, I would get a meal ticket and... They have good food there. They every these amphitheaters they have chefs. They have yeah, cooking yeah, meals yeah, yeah. all the time. So they feed the crew and it's good good food. I would eat that and then walk, you know, once the shows would start, I would intro Jeff. I did get to go out on that big stage and it, yeah. I mean it is big, but again, I was going literally from that smaller stage race in front of anywhere from 3 to 500, 600 people and yeah. then racing over to the main stage and bringing out Jeff, giving him a nice little intro because he would host the show. So right. I would say, you know, thanks for being here. Going to have a great time tonight. I'm The second stage was on fire. I'm going to pass it off to our host. Also, tonight. you would be so warmed up by that point because you'd already been on the, the, the other stage. Yeah, I'm warmed up and ready to yeah, go. Yeah, so you weren't like, it wasn't like you were walking out on stage for the first time. You're almost, you're almost more prepared than anyone else. Right, and that's kind of already... maybe why they allowed me to do it, and yeah. you know Jeff pushed for it, and it made his his job easier. Like he felt, oh, yeah. that he liked the intro for sure. So I got to do that, and then it was just it was fun. You know, I'm I'm real I'm lucky I, I was that's, able. to Yeah, do that's it. a unique. It was a big deal. It seemed like it, it from an outsider perspective. It seemed to me like a really big deal to be a part of that thing. It was the first one. All the comedians were well known people, and it was just like, oh, this is a big fucking thing in comedy to be on this year. Like I, I don't. I, to me, this, it was the biggest thing in comedy this year for, for sure. Ten years ago, no one would have cared about an event that big in comedy. You no, couldn't have done you know? it. Right. I don't think you could have done it. A one-off, maybe like a, a K Rock local, yeah. radio show. I think right. up in San Francisco they do one once a year. Sure. I think certain cities maybe you could pull it off, but the fact that it was a tour, 
Yeah. And that that's what was different about it. It, it took a, a lot of balls to put that tour on that because that could have been a you, you don't know. You've never done it before. It could have been a huge financial disaster. Well, a lot of people said no. I think a lot of cities were nervous about it. Like, I we don't know if yeah. it's going to play. So I think there are cities that. Were there any comedians that like you know that were offered and turned it down because they just yeah thought it was I very heard I've heard of yeah I, yeah I heard I heard of yeah a number of comedians who said no for various reasons okay that, that you know that I heard about so maybe they were just so they might do it again next year it uh, seems like it went well I, I would hope so I mean I, I think there's a possibility you know it's like but with that show from what I see. You gotta have a big name headliner. Oh yeah, you. Okay. It's tough because you started with Chappelle. So who's who do you get? I mean, after you gotta. Uh, if you were to ask me, if they were to do it again, like next year, I would say you have to have somebody like a Louis C.K., Chris a Rock, Chris Rock, yeah, yeah. a uh, Seinfeld. That would be weird and awesome. That that's weird and awesome. I also threw out Don Rickles, but not as a oh, headliner. Wow. But it would be cool to see him do fifteen yeah. minutes. Special guest. There's yeah. something. Ve- there's something very Coachella about it, where like you kind of get a unique group yeah. together, and maybe yeah. someone you don't expect that, w- but that would be awesome. You go from like, yeah, the singer songwriter types to the hard rock yeah. types. To, you get you know. Dice would be great. Yeah, Dice yeah. would be good. That would be yeah, nostalgic and kind of cool. And Eddie Murphy for like you know come out and do like ten would be awesome. They just actually did that, but for a one day festival in Santa Monica, mm-hmm. the Festival Supreme. The festival did you go to that? Yeah, I did. How was that? It was interesting because I I just I went with a friend so I was backstage so I didn't buy a ticket I wasn't in the main area but from what I hear there are a lot of grumblings about hundred dollar tickets whoa and not a hundred dollar quality festival who was on it so you had guys like you had Zach you had but also Adam Sandler you have the Mighty Boosh right. That seems that's like it's worth a hundred bucks. Show did a, 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 a show. They did a right. presentation. I mean, some of them some of them were on stage. Zach did ten minutes. Some people were doing half hour sets. You know, it was variety. Tenacious D yeah, was on it too, right? Tenacious D headlined it. They closed it. The Lonely Island guys came in for a cameo in the middle of their set. What kind of asshole saying it's not worth a hundred bucks for all that? I mean, I it wonder was, if it's just not the right mix. Well, I think the mix was okay. It was just the venue. It, it was on the Santa Monica Pier and. Basically, if you weren't directly under the tent oh. by the stage, the sound was so bad oh. that so many people were flowing to the sides of the tent that if you had paid like 60, 70 bucks, you might be hearing every other word. Oh, oh that's I frustrating. See. Yeah. And then, you know, and then the lines, I guess they were understaffed. They oversold tickets. Wow. That sounds like some guys trying to compete with the Oddball Didn't happen on Oddball. Yeah, they were like, oh, (laughs) shit. We can do this now? There's money to be made with huge comedy festivals? Well, that's the thing. Well, well, they were both planned kind of at this. I don't know if they were planned at the same time. but I mean, No, no, no. This was just this past weekend. But it was interesting because it really... The the reason why I was bringing it up is it was a variety. It was a music festival style. Like, hey, you guys like a particular kind of comedy, but even within that... There's 17 different styles you could see. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I went to like a, there were eight, that 826 Valencia had a charity thing, and right. it was, the lineup was crazy. It was like Pee Wee Herman, Bob Newhart, RZA, and which in your head you were like, this is going to be the best thing ever. And it was really good, but the mix was a little odd. Like you did, the transition from one to the next. Right. Like you're watching, you're like, okay, a lot of these people aren't nearly as excited about RZA as I was, but everyone's freaking out about Bob Newhart. Like it was, you know, it, it wasn't right. a huge enough crowd for them to get everything. Like sometimes the mi- I think the mix is really important. Well, that's where you can toss in novelty, you can toss in an ironic value if you yeah. want. I mean, it's it'll slide all up and down the scale of appreciation. Yeah. You got to cater to to the. It's a it's a playlist generation, right? So you can't just have like here are eleven rock bands or eleven of the same type of people's attention right. spans are like. Right. It's got to be Bob Newhart then RZA for people yeah. to be like, this is right. so crazy. My senses cannot adjust to this. Speaking right. of lineups, we're here with Brody Stevens. We're <laughs> I mean, I, I went on. I mean, well, here's the deal. I went on the Oddball tour. I did it. You're talking yeah. to a guy who, who was a part of every single show, mm-hmm. so. Um, I don't know that a RZA and a Bob Newhart would be a mix. You know, 
again, Flight of the Concords, Dave Chappelle. You know, the, you, it's it's that's like the I. It's perfect. Yeah, you knew there was not going to be a problem with that. I wonder if Chappelle was actually even more hooked from the beginning because he put on that huge, great music festival that they made a documentary. Oh yeah, uh, the, the block, block party. Block. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a great documentary. It's a great. It looked like a, a great festival. You know. That's right. You get the right vibe going, and it seemed like this. I just when I looked at the lineup for Oddball, there were so many good people, and I was like, who goes first? Like I was like, hi, these are all headlines. Everyone. Shaw went first, yeah, and then Al Madrigal, and then it would be Hannibal Burris, and then it would be Dimitri Martin, then it would be an intermission, then it would be a small intermission, or maybe yeah, the MC would go up, and then no oh, intermission, and then we come back with the MC again, Jeff, and then Fly to the Concords would do fifty-five to an hour. And then there would be another 10-minute intermission, but hip-hop music, getting ready for Chappelle, that kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. And then he would do a, you know, close to an hour. So that okay. it was kind of a, you know, a build-up, and it was just, yeah, it was just a, a perfect, smart co- co- comedy. I'm really impressed that it did as well as it did, considering how long of a show that is. Because we've all been in a comedy oh, yeah. club where the show's been on a while. Crowds just get tired. They've just been there a long time. But that's the festival. If you're talking about a festival crowd, outdoor festival, I think when you go, you you go in knowing like, all right, I gotta be ready for a five hour. Yeah, game. you're gonna be there a long time, <laughs> and, it's, and give them an intermission. Yeah, I guess it's different. Yeah. You move around and stuff. Right. And there's a lawn. All right. almost all the venues had a big lawn, so people come out with their blankets and were their people chairs. hooking up? Were there people having sex? I I saw. Uh, Girls something. relieving themselves of Wow, there. that's unfortunate. That's not what I wanted yeah. you to say. <laughs> Why not? It was interesting no, I, to look at. I wanted, I wanted you to say, like, I got to see some really attractive people have some sex. I would... I, 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 I actually has a new Tumblr. Uh, girls <laughs> are leaving themselves. Girls are leaving themselves <laughs> on the oddball table. Comedy table. music no, that was I mean, I was interesting. I don't think I'd want to see a couple have sex. <laughs> right, no, but you like... You, are you into... So you're kind of into, a, like, a water sports thing? You like seeing a girl? No, I, I didn't like... I mean, you just asked, what did you I see? any porn at all? Have you ever seen, uh, have you ever seen two people having sex? Uh, I've seen it, yes, of okay. course. What did you think of it? How do you feel about porn? Because I'm, I'm, I'm just my, like, you I'm, act just like, like you, I'm just like every other guy with porn for the most part. So I feel bad about it until I need it. And then you do it and then feel bad after. Right, yeah. right, immediately, yeah. It's a necessary yeah. evil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Perfect. Porn. Necessary evil. <laughs> there Is, you go. Um, Seven. Any of uh, is there going to be any footage of you at the oddball on your show? Great question. Thank you, Nick Youssef. Stephen Brody Stevens speaking here. <laughs> uh, will there be footage of me uh, on the oddball tour? Will we put that in the show? Yes. My guess is yes. I would think so. I, I Joe I, is also saying yes. I I shot a bunch of stuff. We had we had official shoots. And then we had unofficial shoots. So basically, yes, there's footage from the Oddball tour that I believe is going to, yeah, for that will be implemented into the show. Okay. Hi, my name is Joe. I'm a producer on that show that was being referred to. What is the I'm title of the show? The name of the show is Enjoy It. It will be on Comedy Central in December. Yes. Yes. Watch out for it. And I'm going to say right now on this podcast, 100% that footage will be in the show. Sweet, that's cool. That's exciting. That's a, that's a that's a positive. On a podcast, I made that commitment to you. Right. Well, podcast. I mean and awesome. here's my thing. Here's my thing. I, I I don't see why there has to be a commitment. Where's the what is this? Uh the Raiders commitment to excellence. Remember that logo? <laughs> um, I don't need a commitment on something that's common sense. Joe, it's like I commit. Well, are you, Whoa, are you hold on. At me no, me? I'm not coming at you. I'm just like talking as a guy. Okay. I'm talking as a guy. <laughs> are, I would say, and I'm positive energy. So I shouldn't even say, the, I shouldn't use the word commitment. I should have just said, it's a given. It's going to be in the show. Yeah. That's how I when, should have said If you're saying okay. to me, I give you that commitment, I'm picking up, my instincts are picking up that, well, maybe there's a few people who, other than Joe, who don't think it should be in, or maybe there's questions about it, and Joe is taking a stand and going, I'm going to make that commitment. And I take it as, you know, it's is Brody Stevens enjoy it. It's funny that I have to get a, a commitment from somebody <laughs> to get footage of me 
hosting the Oddball Tour with Dave Chappelle. That, to me, that makes me go, oh, that's interesting. I have to get a commitment from a producer about putting in footage that we all can agree on, I think, common sense-wise, that would make a show better. It worries you a little. But what, maybe there's just, is there a ton of footage from other stuff that... Yeah, that's why, that's why for example... I mean, because they're filming your whole for life, example, right? As a producer, it, you 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 wouldn't necessarily say one hundred percent to everything, because then something oh, the, that you know it can never happen because there has to be there have to be decisions, obviously creative decisions, editorial decisions, yeah. that kind of stuff. So I I mean I think that anyone who would watch it would go, yeah, that's going to be in the show. But also as a producer, I was reiterating the fact that if there were any doubt about that getting into the show, I would say I make a commitment to get that into the show. Okay. Because I think it's a good, it's a great piece of footage. No, yeah. it is a great, I, you, <laughs> you think it is? Said. <laughs> how how would somebody have to think it's a great piece of footage of me? We I just talked, we just spent, we just spent 15 minutes talking about mm-hmm. this oddball tour, how it's historic and it's never been done. Mm-hmm. Well, I think your footage of doing it would be interesting. I, I, I don't think it, it is interesting. Were well, you saying that versus maybe what other people might think? Well, no, because somebody might have a contrasting opinion. On the show or whatever. Uh, you know, uh, just watching anything. Okay. I mean, people have different opinions. So who would think, and who and why would somebody think Brody, Stephen Brody Stevens, Working at the Oddball Festival, a big, huge event, 20,000 people, different cities, footage from different cities, right. me hosting, me oh, in, me in front of 500 you're, people, you're about to ask me, me on stage, that that's me on stage in front of 15,000 people. Mm-hmm. Who would say, who, I'm just curious, no, that doesn't go in. Well, me. No, no, but that, no who would say that? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, I, I, it's a hypothetical. You're asking me for a hypothetical. There is no one that I could tell you right now that I know involved in the show that would say, oh, I don't think we should put that in there. Anybody who's going to watch that is going to say, oh, that's great because it shows part of the arc of the entire series of the show. It's excellent footage. It's a historical occasion. Brody is part of it. But I was saying, I was telling you that, of course, I think it should be in the show. So I was making that commitment to making sure that it's in the show and it's in the show in the way you want it. Fair enough. Good but, with that? But you see what I'm saying? Good with that. <laughs> Every word. <laughs> but, but, but words matter. Words are thoughts. Thoughts are things. Yeah. So I'm good with that. Why didn't you not focus on the positive of the idea of your producer promising you something about the show? Thank you. Rather than saying... But I don't need a that promise that... about common sense. I promise I'll put on my turn signal and pull out on the intersection. It's a common sense. You do it. But I will, I will say this. I think common sense can be relative. Yes. So your common sense is not my common sense is not Joe's common sense. Fair enough. And I was actually curious about this. There's a lot of people working on the show. Actually not. Okay. How, how, how many we talk about? I would say 10. actively working on the show, including editors. We have three editors, and there's about three, four other people that are working okay. actively on the show. Well, because a lot I, of editors for a, for a show no, like this. For, the, for this style of show, in fact, it's not. Most shows that have this kind of material, the amount of footage that we have, we have almost 300 hours of footage. Wow. There would be at least six editors. Right. So 300 hours of footage, and that's going to boil down into how many 20, hours of actual 12, TV? 12 episodes that will be 21 minutes, 15 seconds in length. And total, then, if you watch the whole series, it would be like watching a four-hour four hour documentary. So 300 hours down to four hours. Wow. That's crazy. I just wonder, like... And, I, and within those four hours, I promise you, you will see footage <laughs> from the audience. Okay. My question is That's because... That's a good promise. We all know Brody. We've known Brody for a long time. Mm-hmm. We are fans. We've, we, we love you. We love your comedy. Are there... I'm curious like are there people working on the show that maybe aren't as familiar with him and like what's that like have you been like no brody does this thing here's what he is this is what he does Mm -hmm. it seems like i would wonder if there are people that aren't like if you haven't known you for a while a lot of people when they first see you don't necessarily get it right away Mm -hmm. and then they're like oh i didn't the first time i saw you i was like i don't get this and then the second time i was like oh i get it and i like it Mm -hmm. but like 
in a weird way, you're like a thing that we 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 see, and then we're like, oh, I'm buying into this. Like it takes a second. Like, it, have you had to educate the people on the show about what Brody does? How long have you two known each other? I've I've known you both for twelve years, 10, 12 years. Yeah, so, okay, so around that. Uh, it's a great question because obviously it goes to the heart of the sh- the show and and how it will come out, which is. Can you get to know Brody through the show? Yeah. You know, and can you hook in soon enough that you go, okay, I got to keep watching this guy? Right. Um, mostly, whenever anybody was hired on the show, I, if I was at that interview, I would immediately, the first thing I would ask is, have you ever seen Brody? Yeah. You know, do you know who he is? Have you watched him perform? A lot of people are fans. You right. Know, so that helped a lot. Um, there's nobody that's come, there's nobody, I would say, in the production that's been so far left field that they've just, you know, had, you know, you, they're all. Everyone who works on the show is a fan of Brody's, which is okay. a great way to put together a show. Oh yeah, <laughs> because there's a lot of personal commitment, like from the assistant editors who have literally transcribed these 300 hours of footage to you know the Godfather. Is that for the deaf people? Well, no, no. <laughs> no, isn't that why you have to do it? So you no, have the S A S A P thing. It was for for the producers to be able to start putting the. The actual episodes together, so we could, wow. So wow. We, we wouldn't be able to watch all the footage, so we would have to read transcripts. But oh, okay. from from those guys to the top guy at CAA, who's kind of been the godfather of the show, everyone's a fan of Brody, so everyone wants to do the best because yeah. they like this guy, they like who he is as a performer, and they were a fan to begin with, and they want. I think part of it is wanting. To make new fans is like to tell people and spread the word. So right, yeah. I think everyone's come into this show with that mentality of like, here's our friend who's a great performer, and this is his biggest chance ever to get the widest audience he's ever had. Right. So, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's been a lot of work, but it's also <clears throat> been really rewarding because it means something. Yeah. This project is really meant to How does that make you feel? That sounds pretty positive, Brody. Um... You know, it sounds positive. <laughs> you know, this, however, does not so yeah, far. The beginning of the sentence sounds less positive. I mean, nobody's perfect. Right. You know, nobody's perfect. I just know from my own personal standpoint, a show about me, I would find so stressful because Very it's stressful, me. Yeah. It's my life. I, you're handing over your life to a certain degree, at least a part of your life to other people. Yeah. That would feel very, make me feel very vulnerable. You work with an editor, right? Well, who do you work? You don't have to say his name, but you work with an editor. Who do you work with? What's his address, though? <laughs> you work, do you work with, uh, I'm going to go off mic on this, just to ask Joe. Well, right now it's been oh, yeah. <laughs> Secrets. Okay. They're what they're they're telling they're they're saying who which editors they work with. Brody has agreed okay. that that guy's good. They're being careful. They don't want to. They're being careful. They didn't want to out um, anybody. But it was positive. You said I work with this guy, and Brody said, "Oh, that guy's good." So that's not good. saying that somebody else. Not saying that others. No, but are, you know firsthand that that guy's good. Why well, I, I like you oh, like yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a few different some guys they don't know. This thing you're surrounded by personalities and people you don't necessarily know, and they're in charge of packaging a representation of your life yeah i mean i, I could kind of give it to you in a nutshell if you if you just give me like two minutes Do you it. guys can like just uh oh no no i, I need your energy here as but, much time as you need let me just give it to, i'll give it to you in a nutshell how i feel or how i see things um you know i i i was doing a, this is a few years back doing a lot of stand-up and zach galifianakis always put it in my head that you know i think you're funny and uh, I think you're how you act with your sister and your mom, and it's kind of funny to me. So he always put that in my head that I think that's funny. Maybe one day we'll do a show or whatever. And I was hanging out with Zach quite a bit. I was doing audience warm up. I was over on the West Side, so I would we would hang out a lot, jokes, and we were close. In fact, I did warm up on Zach's VH1 TV show also. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, that thought was always in the back of my mind. And then I was doing warm up, and then. I guess it got to the point where, you know, Zach said, let's, let's actually pitch a show. What do you think? And I said, yeah, you know, because I'd been doing, doing warm-up for like eight years, and it was like time, to me, time for me to go to that next level. Yeah. That's what it kind of should be about, Brody going to the next level. 
and getting out a warm up, becoming a man, uh, you know, getting a bar mitzvah, becoming closer with my sister, talk, you know, the, just incorporating my mom and sister in certain aspects of my life that Zach thought was interesting or different. So, that being said, um, I went in and I pitched these shows. With Zach was there sometimes. Zach was there some not, other, not other times. Like to three different networks. They all said yes. Now, I'm sure having Zach connected with it made a big difference. Sure. But they all said yes. I pretty much pitch a show, kind of like I'm talking now. I said this about me going to the next level, incorporating my mom, my sister, whatever. So they said, yeah, we want to do it. Shoot a pilot. So we had... Zach uh, selected a, a guy. We shot a pilot, a 15-minute pilot about my sister and I. HBO said yes to the pilot. Right, which is huge. Well, yeah, which is it's nice. It's nice to say, hey, HBO, okay, cool. And I knew I had that in my – as I was doing warm-up, I still did that, so I knew I was doing that. And then I started doing more festivals. I went to you know Dublin and Montreal, so I knew I had the show. Pitched the show. They bought it. Uh, things are moving along, and then you know I went off. I w- so they, we did the pilot before I had my quote unquote episode. So we shot the pilot. They bought it. So then I was thinking, okay, what's this show going to be like? It's going to be a reality show. Me playing the drums. Me, you know, taking it to that next level. Mm-hmm. And I was feeling good, and I went off my meds or whatever, and I just spiraled out of control, of course. And I went manic, and I was yelling and craziness. Went in the hospital. Then I, when I was in the hospital, I said. Why don't we do the show? It's a comeback story. I got an opportunity. I, I messed it up because I went off my meds for whatever reason. And then I get back. Because the only thing that was really bothering me and weighing on me at that time was how I left Chelsea lately. I was warm up there. I left on bad terms. And that really s- was bugging me. And I wanted to kind of incorporate with the you know the breakdown, being in the hospital, whatever. I want that that's real, and my and my feelings towards Chelsea and the 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 crew and everything over there that was real. And me getting back on TV to do stand up, which had which was Conan O'Brien, that was real. You killed. Thank you, thank you very much. So that was real, and. Um, you know, they did the show, and I was nervous, and people are going to think I'm weird, and, you know, whatever. And then I was living in Hollywood. Actually doing the show, I was depressed. I was going through, I was living in Hollywood in the editing process. I was out of it. Anyway, and then I was kind of depressed, and then it came out, and it's like, wow, people like it. It gave me some confidence, and then Comedy Central bought it. And then I started feeling better. So right. then, so that's, that's the HBO story. Right. So Comedy Central bought it. Now it's at Comedy Central. It's not HBO Internet. And we didn't set out to do HBO Internet. We set out to do HBO. But I'll take HBO Internet. Everyone want HBO Go. So now it's at Comedy Central. So I'm thinking, okay. That was earlier in this year of 2013. They, they bought it. Yeah. Comedy Central. Okay. Yeah, maybe. It's been, right at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Okay. Right yeah. The of the year. So they bought it. And the whole feeling was, okay, let's, you know, because there's funny elements in it and it's real. And it, it's different, tongue in cheek as well as, with some things as well. And they liked it over at Comedy Central, so they bought it. And basically, they said, "Take those first fifteen, six fifteen-minute episodes, fluff them up, stretch them out, add, sprinkle, whatever, and then we have six brand new twenty-two-minute episodes." That so, would air that the six new ones would be following those first six that are stretched out. Okay, correct. Now, Joe, when did you come in? To from the, day one, I've been I've been with this project from the very beginning. Um, the, HBO H- the HBO Go, the HBO. Okay, okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. So uh, I've been working on some form of this project for two and a half years now. Um, did uh, you start out as a producer on the HBO one, or were you yeah. writing? Okay. Yeah, um, it's mostly producing. You know, there's not a lot of writing involved in this kind of yeah. show. It is very unique and unto itself, and I think people are going to see that. And your background, for people that don't know, is you're a comedian and a writer. You've yes. been doing that for years and years and years, and I, you're very, very funny and very good at it. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. I've known you for a long yes. time. Yes, one of my favorite people. Um, I remember seeing Nick go up for the first you know, couple open mics over at Westwood, and uh, I did stand up for a while. I did sketch when I first came out here, stand-up, then I got into comedy writing, and then producing, and that's where we are now. So, um, the show, it's, it's, 
you know, it's very original because it's got some, it's kind of an interpretive comedic documentary. Yeah. It's also a bit of a reality show, but with kind of a heart and some integrity. Um, I've worked in some reality, so I know what that deal with the devil is like. <laughs> um, but I, I think that uh, overall, with these 12 half-hour episodes, um, you're going to get everything that you were, you were talking about, Kevin, of like somebody who doesn't know Brody. They're thinking of airing them back-to-back. Two, you know, uh, two, 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 six, uh-huh. right? So the first two episodes, when the HBO series came out, one of the things Brody would always hear from people and myself as well would, would be that I saw the first two and then I had to just keep watching. Yeah. That's what people told me. I mean, people right. that didn't know you were like, have you seen this thing? I watched all six at once. Yeah. I, and I've known you for so long and I still was like, this is riveting. I mean, our friend Max Greenfield called me and was like, your friend Brody shows one of the most interesting things I've ever seen. I'll take that. And yeah. so many, you better. It's, it's, there's, there's so many elements to the show. That's what's amazing, how much we've gotten into each 21-minute uh, episode. Because there's family, there's his mother, who's just always amazing to watch. The chemistry between the two of them is incredible. Is Daisy in the show? Is Daisy in the show? That's what I... I couldn't imagine anyone who wouldn't have the common sense to put Daisy in. Oh, yeah, yeah. It would bother me. Um, (laughs) Stephanie, Brody's sister, is in the show. There are new characters in the show. Mm -hmm. Um, Little Lester. You're very familiar with Little Lester. Um, Some other comedy store people. We have so many comics giving testimonials about how much they love Brody. I mean, there's probably over 20 different comedians in the show. Wow. You know, either talking about how much they love Brody or interacting with Brody or just, you know. I was explaining to someone, I, a, a girl I know was watching me on the Kill Tony podcast. And I said something, she's like, oh, you, you like sounded like Brody there for a minute. Like you stole a thing. I was like, no, it's when you're friends with Brody, I'm like, it, we all just talk like him. It's a thing that's just accepted. I realized today I said your name and I didn't do it in your voice and it felt weird. Like, like saying yeah. Stephen Brody Stevens feels odd. Like I, but it's like it's like no, no. We're like there's a weird thing. We're all allowed to a certain degree to use your cadence when we're doing. It's like if you're at the comedy store, it's like safe. So like someone did something, and I was just like, yes, yeah. you got it. Yeah, I think I said you got it, and I was like, push. And she was like, you stole a Brody thing. I'm like, no, it's not. You gotta understand, it's not like that. It's like we're all boosters. I love when I do that to someone that like doesn't do comedy or, or doesn't know Brody, and I go, yes. And they go, why did you yeah. say that? Like you that. got I go, it. L.A. native. And they're like, what are you? Why are you <laughs> yeah, doing People that? are like... 818 till I... I said that I was at Flappers the other night opening for Whitney, and I went, 818 till I die. And the crowd had no idea what And I they're was in doing. the valley. Yeah. You they liked think. it, but they didn't know why I was doing it. <laughs> it's, it's in, Brody did some barking for the Comedy Cellar, right? In New York, in yeah. Day, and it's like... Oh, God, I wish I could have seen that. You must have that. been so good at you it. You must have been... Can you give well, us... Well, I did a, that. I was also a tour guide at Radio City Music Hall. Sold out every night. T-shirts at the uh, Seattle Supercenter. So it's like you built up your voice through so many different public speaking experiences to hone it into what it is on stage today, which is a the cadence. A lot of it is is barking. It is barking. You know. Yeah. It's got that staccato quality to it, mm-hmm. which is what actually makes it burrow its way into your head. Yeah. And there's something about the frequency of that cadence that the great thing is when you see the breadth of Brody fans. Because they're, I mean, they're, I was in San Francisco. Is this Brody. my life? What uh, thing? We're gonna bring people in. I like this. <laughs> right? I was in San Francisco a couple months ago. And I saw a guy wearing Brody T-shirt just on the independent walking down the street, and I was oh, like, nice. and yeah. I saw him. I was like, yes. One of the editors on the way to work saw somebody with one, with one of them on. Too. It is you are a, in circulation. It mu- I wonder, does it, it? You're a thing. You're a thing. People have attached. We attach ourselves to it. We take it. I've, if like I, there have been a few times, very few times, where someone didn't get you, and they're like, "I don't get that guy," and it makes me angry. <laughs> where I'm like, "You're a fucking idiot." I'm like, "You know why you don't get it? Because you have no sense of what funny is, and you don't know anything." Like I get defensive. Are you on your meds, Kevin? I we talked about that in our most recent episode. <laughs> that I I made the mistake of going off my meds before I went to Montreal because I thought Whoa. it'd be Whoa. Yeah. I, I thought know. it would be heroic. <laughs> it was a mistake. <laughs> 
should have learned, should have known better. Yeah. <laughs> From Brody, who did the same I have been thing. back on them for a short time. Don't feel it yet. Yeah. <laughs> Let it get into the bloodstream. <laughs> Takes a minute. Still having trouble. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, the way I talk, I think that when I was in college, I played baseball. There's a baseball element. It's an umpire there's something umpire to it. Coaching. There's there's coaching. Coaching. It's support of your teammates. Let's go. Yeah. I, like if a guy was number eleven, I go. Let's go sticks. Let's 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 go legs. Yeah. Come on, one heads up. On, let's go arms. Just like <laughs> joking or deuces. If a guy was twenty two, but yeah, you're supporting your teammates. And then I remember I was eating sunflower seeds, and one guy said, "Hey, it's fu- you look. You got a funny face when you eat sunflower seeds." I always remember that. So yeah, I guess I had a funny face. And then, <laughs> that guy was a professional bird watcher. I mean, maybe some people. <laughs> um, uh, it's funny. <laughs> I'm not. Then I'm not by saying. Way, that- by the way, that just hearing that means more to me almost than ten. I'm not saying oh, it's yeah. not funny. It's I so love, hard when you get that from Brody. Comics have talked about that. You yeah. get a laugh or you get that acknowledgement from Brody. It is the best feeling in the world. It's so well, hard I, to I, make Brody laugh. When I first met you, one of the first thing we'd known each other for maybe a few months. We we're in the parking lot of the comedy store, and you were like. Kevin Christie gets it, works in television, and I was like, "Yay, I get it!" <laughs> like I felt so, I you felt, felt good. So, I felt great. I've validated. People, people are impressed that you and I know each other. Really? People are like, you know, I'm around. like, yeah, I know Brody. I'm impressed. I know you. I, people think it's cool. I told a girl I know that you. I sent her a picture. I was like, Brody's here. She was like, Yes. She texted me positive push with like a bunch of emojis, like a like a you know the the party hat, clapping hands. <laughs> She'd never even seen you live, I think, and she was just like, Oh my god, that's so cool! Your hat. I was like, We're having Brody on the podcast. She was like, Yes. You know, part of that I think is like I do the positive push or festival of laughter or Brody is me friend. Brody is me friend, my Twitter handle. That's just an homage to my busboys in New York City at uh, where I work. But all this stuff is really unique and no one else would do it, but then you do it and it works. If I did that, Kevin is me friend, they'd be like, dude, your Twitter handle sucks and you got to fix it and no one's going to be able to find you and what are you doing? Yeah. But when you do it, we're like, part of us is like, okay, what is this, man? What are, I got to... And then we want to investigate and like figure out what it is because we know you're on some other level shit, and and like I feel like as comics it's like okay what's Brody gonna do? I, I mean I've never the first joke I ever saw you tell was ever overshoot your nut rag watching Lilo and Stitch, <laughs> and I was just like that's and then capturing. Don't usually work blue I like. think that's a combo <laughs> bit that I came up with. And then the capturing I won't the take fr- full credit for that. Two for capturing the Freedmans, one adult, one child. That's 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 a great one. That that's one a one tremendous is, uh, joke. That one's 85, 90% mine. Yeah. I mean, some guys will punch. I'll let guys punch things up too. Like, yeah. So we're going to get all that from this show. I, you know what? So let's go into the. Let's, we, 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 let's just, just, let's just. The, con- the HBO thing, the six episodes, 15 minutes. Let's say if it ended there, we're good. We walk away holding hands, raising to the sky. You and Joe? We? I'll say Joe, sure. maybe uh, whoever else is involved. We'll hold hands, raise this guy. We did it. We left America wanting more. It was a calling card for me. It was a nice uh, resume addition for Joe and the other guys. It would have been great. Artistically respected. Yeah, it would have been fine to walk away. Right. So then when Comedy Central got involved, of course you're going to say, okay, I'll listen. And, you know, because Comedy Central got involved, a couple other people got involved. That happens. It's a little bigger, bigger budget, bigger. I understand that. Um, this show, to me, in my eyes... I handled it initially the same way I handled the HBO show. So it was like, you want to keep it real? We'll keep it real. You want to talk about things that are bothering me? We're going to do that. We're going to keep those elements that were, you know, people liked in the first. For consistency. For the first six. But I will go back into the first six. There is an issue with that, but it will encompass everything. So this one, my thinking for this is, okay, Episode seven, we've got this happening. Very, you know, traumatic point in my life. You know, we end on six. Thumbs up. 
seven without giving it away. You know, throw a little curveball at you. Episode eight is there's elements in there, you know, growing, talking, checking in. Personal, maybe reconcile. Then we get another episode. We're back here, more personal stuff. And then I, I, I go to uh, I go see friends in different cities. And then it ends with me doing something similar to what I did on Conan, and a triumph, a, a triumph, if, if you right. will. And then I also see like a, a post triumph, like a, a prologue. Is that what, what, an, epilogue? an epilogue? An epilogue, mm-hmm. kind of. I see that. So that, that's kind of what I saw in my head. I, it was very specific. Carded out, written out. We, uh, and then I, and we shot all of it. We shot 85%, I would say, of what was on the board. We shot it. Sounds pretty standard so far. That's standard. Okay. I, I would say up to, up to that point is standard. You know... With, within that, yes, there was some, some uh, you know, the typical friction, which you get on any workplace, between friends or talent and producers. Long typical. hours, a lot of decisions, always friction. Does it friction. make it harder to work with someone that you're really good friends I with? I think there, there's uh, pitfalls in that, and we can go uh-huh. into that, too. But <laughs> it's Comedy Central. It's me. You're talking about me. I've grown. Currently, I'm feeling better. I feel like my comedy has evolved. I've evolved as a person. I've matured. That being said, I would like to be able to feel that maybe I could, and I've gotten the chance to, but maybe I don't feel all that's being taken in consideration. You know, it's, I feel like, yes, I'm, I got the chance to do stuff. I'm just, it's not been a fun process. It, 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 people go, enjoy the process. Are you proud? And if you're to ask me, I'm not. Now, it could be my, you're dealing with the guy who's doing a show where it's a show about a guy who has mental illness. So for me to think, you know, maybe I feel the way that everybody feels, but I'm just because I'm who I am at, I amp it up because of my problems. It's also easy for someone to say, enjoy the process when it's not them. They don't understand what it's like to have a show about their personality. That's where I have. Yes. And I always talk about cringers. It's a, it's a little funny little thing within. It's like, I, it's like if I had a sketch show, I, I, I feel like, I could kind of live with that. That's how shows are done. But when it's so personal and mm-hmm. it's out there, you can see the heightened sensitivity on my end, right. anybody's end. Right. Then you factor in the guy had an issue before for whatever reason. So let's handle him with kid gloves. Then let's also factor in what is he complaining about? Does he have a point? Is, is it making sense? Who, who you know, d- does, his, does his point match up with others? Is he getting the opportunity? You know, here, it's a fundamental... I'll, I'll give you t- two things and we'll, we'll, we'll keep it moving here. And Joe can rebuttal. <laughs> and sometimes I have to be kept on track. What was I talking about, Nick? <laughs> Um, <laughs> wearing kid gloves. Two examples. Okay, kid I'll gloves. give you one example. Okay. Well, here's the two examples. I personally would like to have been somewhat more involved in what was being in and what was being out. I know when you shoot eighty-five percent of the stuff, maybe sixty percent gets in. Maybe 70, whatever. I really wasn't involved in that process. And I felt as though, why wouldn't you want somebody involved in that process who lived the story, who is doing comedy every night, who sees his act every night, who sees 
it listens to what people react to. And then when you see episodes, of, it's almost their interpretation of what you may have had the chance to explain in a few emails or it's up on the board. But isn't that the job? I mean, maybe Joe, you would know this better. Isn't that the job of like the like writers, story editors, and people well, to create this is a to co- take the footage? Sh- and- putting together a show is collaborative effort, and it's the hardest thing to do outside of make, putting a, a you know making a movie as a much larger collaborative effort. But putting together a TV show involves a lot of people, and it's on a lot of cooks, and it's always hard. And I think that there's a there's a, obviously a lot of validity to what Brody is saying about the personal nature of this show. Again, I've said it before, there's no other show I know of on TV right now like this or that I've even worked on. And I've, I've worked on, Brody you know, will bring this up every now and then to pump me up, <laughs> over 40 shows. Um, and I, so I have a breadth That's of experience. That's a lot. It's actually quite a bit. <laughs> I have a breadth of experience, and and and, and you have experience dynamics. with me. You and, and, and I know Brody and you, as well. you you know me and know from well. and that's why you Bar Lubitsch, not Bar Lubitsch, from like Big Fish. You know me from Bar B level hipster rooms to Largo Westwood, to the Improv mm-hmm. to Elements of the Comedy Store and Room Five. I also know that this <clears throat> for for a performer like Brody, and anytime it's a comedian that's coming into a collaborative process, it's, I'm always more sympathetic because you're a comedian because you're a lone wolf, because you're a solo person. You might be sociable and gregarious, but you want to have the control. Oh, yeah. Stand-up is the best medium for that. It's your words, you say it, that's it. This is very different. And so I think Brody being put in a collaborative scenario has been really challenging, and I think that when he says, like, it wasn't fun, I, I agree with you. I know that many times for him, it was very hard. It was very frustrating. It didn't feel right. And I'm very sympathetic to that. Now, I know there are also a lot of moments, because I try to look at the big picture as much as possible, where it was fun, and things worked, and we had amazing... I mean, I, uh, you lose count of how many incredible happy accidents we had during this show. Yeah, that made for even greater TV. Um, but, and I think ultimately, Brody, you will be proud of it because I, if we want to just talk real quick about, you know, there will always be perceptions and interpretations of how much input you got to have and was I listened to enough, and and those are things that you you learn from and you move on. But to, for to the credit of the show and what you've done, Brody, and what everyone's been working on. The stuff that you've seen recently, you like, correct? I'm not a fan. No. <laughs> well, okay. that's too bad because that's not what you were, how you were reacting last week when we were I mean, did I, 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 I mentioned, well, I don't have the choice because this, is, this is my point. This is my point. This is my point. This is my point. Okay, we're going to take a breather. Yeah, we're going to calm down. It's getting intense. It's about to get more intense. Very mu- much more intense. Now, not in like, you know, a bad way at all. No, just it's passionate. Very passionate. Um, so, yeah, that was part one of uh, Brody Stevens and yeah. Joe Wagner. Mm-hmm. Uh, after this, we, we, we really, really get into like some of the issues that went on yeah. uh, during, during the show on Brody's end, how he felt about it. Yep. Um, and then they kind of just, they kind of pretty much just hash it out. They hash it out. Like, dudes, um, hash out like a couple of brothers. And it's, uh, it's, it's entertaining. It's, it's very informative. Um, and we hope you liked what you've heard so far. We, you know, we hate to have, like, to have to cut it, <laughs> cut it right then and there. Yeah. But there's just so much in this episode where we're like, where do we stop it? Um, and, you know, two full hours is like, is a lot. So, um, next week, uh, we're going to give you part two, which is the conclusion of yeah. this episode. Uh, you'll find out, um, you know, a lot of what Brody's issues were with the show, where he wasn't represented or misrepresented. Uh, Joe brings in his end, um, as far as, you know, writer producer, and then they just, they talk it out. You don't hear much of our voices. Nope. <laughs> we do not get a lot of talking done. Yeah. Cause we were like, 
as fascinated as hopefully you guys are listening to this. We were just trying to get out of the way. Yeah. We were just like, wow, this (laughs) is something. Um, All right. So that was part one. Uh, Stay tuned. Part two will be up one week from uh, today, the release date of this episode, Tuesday. So, um, and let us know what you think so far. You know, tweet at us, uh, email, contact at nickyousef.com. Um, let us know what you think. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you.